Do you remember getting vaccinated as a kid? The sharp prick of the needle, a band-aid on your arm, and the occasional lollipop if your pediatrician was nice? Maybe it was no big deal to you, or maybe you were terrified of needles. Either way, parents never like putting their children through any kind of pain. On today's episode of The Incredible Huck, we'll find out just why vaccines are worth the pain. I'm Corey Schwazik, and welcome to The Incredible Huck. This week, we're sitting down with Huck scientist Matt Ferrari to discuss vaccinations. My name is Matt Ferrari. I'm an associate professor of biology and statistics. Recently, there has been an outbreak of the mumps virus in State College, Pennsylvania, with 17 confirmed cases, which is pretty rare these days because of how far we have come in the science of immunizations. However, some parents are still very much against vaccines for mumps and other contagious diseases. They're afraid that there may be negative effects on their children. That goes back to about a decade ago. Researchers launched a study on the relationship between vaccinations and autism. There was a theory that the two were tied. The prevalence of autism was on the rise at the same time that children were receiving more vaccinations. Although the link has been thoroughly discredited, the fear haunts some parents. While there's always some risk with vaccines, it's generally minuscule. Dr. Ferrari says the benefits outweigh the risks. I have a really hard time with it. I understand their concern. I understand the fear. You're putting something sharp in your child's arm and they're going to cry. And no parent wants to deal with that. That's, you know, it sounds, it seems unpleasant. Vaccinating a child is very cheap compared to treating a child once they become sick. And vaccinating a child is far less risky than treating a child when they become sick. And the diseases that can make a child sickest are the ones where vaccines can make the most difference. Those are the diseases, such as the measles, that Ferrari focuses his studies on. And where you live can make a difference. If you're in a wealthy area like the United States, you've never seen measles. Most parents in the United States haven't even seen measles. You've got to go back quite a few years before you start to run into people that can remember having gotten measles in the United States. And so most people think that it's the thing that's not a big risk. And so why should you have to endure the indignity of, of, heart, of, of making your child cry by sticking them in the arm with a needle? The thing is, is that by the time you see the risks of measles, it's too late. This really comes down to one of those, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure in this setting. Getting measles is a really, really bad thing. Globally, one to three percent of children die from measles infections. And I said, it's a, that's pretty preventable. But it's either, you know, that doesn't mean it's not invasive to prevent it. It doesn't mean it's not expensive and costly to prevent it. Measles is caused by the rubiola virus. Its symptoms are similar to those of a cold, runny nose, sore throat, a fever. But the telltale symptom is a rash, often accompanied by eye infections or sores in the mouth. Living in the United States, we usually don't have to worry about this dangerous disease. For countries that have limited access to vaccines and healthcare, it's a major issue. 20 million children a year die of measles. Yet, it's the most preventable disease in the world when vaccinations are introduced. This is a really tenacious virus. If there's somebody susceptible, this virus is going to find it. It spreads faster and more than almost any other pathogen we know in the world. People have been infected in airports because they walked through the same terminal 
that a sick person walked through hours before. By the time you see that there's a problem, it's, it's far too late with this disease. And so while I appreciate parental concern, and I understand where they're, where they're coming from with those concerns, the risks of not vaccinating are far too high, and the risks to the rest of the world are far too high. Even if you're in an area that is not susceptible to these diseases, Ferrari believes that if you have access to health care, you have a duty to protect those who don't. We are in a luxurious position in the United States where we have good health care, we have good access to care, and even that's not quite so stable, right? There are parts of the United States where people don't have access to care. There are parts of the United States where people can't get to the doctor within a day. And so those of us that are in the luxurious position of making a choice about vaccinating or not, right, that choice impacts all of these other people who don't really have those choices. And so that can be said in the United States and that can be said globally, that you know, poor countries around the world will be better off and all of us will be better off um, if we could actually just get rid of this pathogen the way we did with smallpox. To do that is going to require a really concerted effort globally to maintain really high levels of vaccination in the short term. And, you know, if we do that, we don't vaccinate against smallpox right now. You know, we can, you, can, you can take that thing off the, off the list. Okay, let's slow down here. The reason smallpox is off the list is that we've won that battle. The smallpox vaccine was actually the first successful vaccine introduced by Edward Jenner in 1796. Jenner was a British scientist. At the age of 13, he heard one of the village milkmaids say, I shall never have smallpox, for I have had cowpox. I shall never have an ugly pock-marked face. Although he was only a teenager at the time, he began to notice that, sure enough, the dairy workers who milked the cows often got a disease called cowpox. But it was a mild disease that seemed to give them an almost magical protection against the far deadlier disease of smallpox. That was the disease that pocked its victims with disfiguring scars when it didn't kill them entirely. Many years later, after Jenner had studied medicine and surgery, he conducted his now famous experiments. He injected matter from a milkmaid's cowpox lesion into a healthy young boy. He got mildly sick, but when later injected with smallpox, he did not get sick. The science of vaccinations had begun. Because of the vaccine's subsequent success, a disease that was once one of the most detrimental diseases known to humanity was declared eradicated in 1980. Measles hasn't yet reached that milestone. Measles is a little bit more complicated than smallpox, and we'll probably, we will probably never be able to stop vaccinating 100%. But right now, kids get vaccinated twice for measles. You could at least cut those number, that number of, of vaccinations in half. If we eradicated measles, we could still get away with just vaccinating kid, kids once, um, and that would protect against you know, all kinds of things. There are big global benefits to eradicating measles. If you can make the decision to not get vaccinated, you're in a luxurious position. And if you're in a, if you're in a luxurious position, I think you have a duty to protect those that are in a less well-off spot. When we come back, we're going to further discuss Dr. Ferrari's experience with Doctors Without Borders and his efforts to help vaccinate people in third world countries.
Doctors Without Borders is an organization that helps people worldwide where the need is greatest, delivering emergency medical aid to people affected by conflict, epidemics, disasters, or that are excluded from healthcare. You've probably heard about this organization. It's working with Syrian refugees, with malnourished children in Nigeria, with earthquake victims in Haiti. Its volunteers are spread so widely around the world that it won the 1999 Nobel Peace Prize. Let's get into Ferrari's work as a volunteer with Doctors Without Borders. I was unaware of this at the time. Doctors Without Borders, they're sort of cowboys in the public health world, and they were not, they weren't breaking any rules, but they were going against uh, the recommendations of the World Health Organization at the time when they vaccinated. So the World Health Organization said, measles outbreaks spread really, really fast. Don't waste your time and effort vaccinating. Focus on treating sick kids. Uh, and if you take any resources away from treating sick kids to go and vaccinate, you're not going to have as big of an impact. Doctors Without Borders thought that they had enough experience with this on the ground, and they were pretty sure that vaccinating was going to help. But they needed to go and do it and try it. And then they needed to quantify it afterwards. And so that's what this project ended up being. I had no idea that this was happening at the time. Um, and they took some of the results from that analysis. There's no reason a child should ever die from measles. A quantification of how much vaccination can help. Ferrari's motivation to keep pursuing his work is simple. But the vast majority of children that get measles get measles in the community. They get measles in the home. And they don't have access to nearby health services that can do, that can treat the symptoms and can prevent those other infections. In under-resourced parts of the world, measles can result in a comparatively large number of deaths. And the numbers that we use right now is that it's about three to 400 children under five die every day worldwide from measles. That's a big number. There are lots of other things that kill children. And, um, and so there's nothing to say that measles is more important than, say, something else. But um, the thing about measles is that, is, is that it is completely preventable. All you need to do is vaccinate those children. That's a solution that's easier said than done. And there are a lot of logistical and financial and economic challenges to getting lots of children vaccinated. Vaccinations are vital to health of the overall population. But when it comes down to it, it is a personal decision. In the United States, we have the luxury of being able to protect ourselves and our children when much of the world is not given that opportunity. Because of this, we have the responsibility to do our part in eliminating the deadly viruses of the world. There are a lot of social and cultural challenges to getting lots of children vaccinated. In the U.S., we struggle with getting children vaccinated because parents don't want to stick kids with needles. That's, that's, not, a, that's not just a U.S. problem. That's a global problem. Parents never like sticking their kids with needles, but it's a really helpful thing to do. And in, and in all parts of the world, even in the U.S., it's a very important thing to do because of the severity of this disease and the tenacity of this disease, that all you have to do is let your guard down a little bit and it can, it can reestablish itself and start to cause really big public health problems. The longer I've stayed involved in this problem and the more people I've met and the more engaged I've gotten and the closer I've gotten to the policy end of things and the, the more and more I'm, I stay motivated to keep working on, that, on the measles problem and problems like it. That's all for today. Drop us a like or subscribe or just tell your friends about us. For The Incredible Huck, I'm Corey Schwazik.